might get you shot. The size you're growing, Kelly, they'll make you a yard bowl, said one of the night shift bartenders. Well, they had his money, so Kelly finished the course, and along towards spring, somebody left a freight house window open, and two tramps got in and stole a case of three-star Hennessy. Kelly happened to hear them and saw them hustling across the tracks to the river with their loot. He went for the night marshal. Don't attempt to make arrests yourself, the course had warned. Quickly contact the proper authorities. Anyway, they were caught. They'd drunk up about half of one bottle and were tipsy. The funny part was, the brandy had been expressed to the bank. It made Kelly sort of a hero. Anyway, there was no more laughing about his detective course. One night, with nothing better to do, the depot night agent cut in on the Associated Press newswire and transmitted an account of how Patrick Kelly had captured the three-star gang of brandy bandits single-handed. He added that Kelly was a graduate of the Chicago School of Detection. When Kelly heard about it, he thought it would only go down to Miles City, where they would know it was a joke, but it was relayed onto Chicago because it had a Chicago angle. A Chicago Weekly printed the story with pictures, paying the sender five cents a word. Of course, it wasn't actually Kelly's picture. It was just some cut of a handsome young fellow they picked up out of the files. But Patrick Kelly, thank God they didn't know about the Eugene, thwarts brandy bandits, was the headline, and the article mentioned his being a graduate of the Chicago School of Detection, whose advertising the paper carried. This story was circulated far and wide. Kid, you're famous, one transient said upon meeting Kelly. I read about you in Spokane Falls. Kelly put in for the position of a railroad detective, using Mr. Blackmore's name as a reference. He had already talked to Mr. Carlyle, the local lawyer, who was mildly favorable. Carlyle had said he guessed Kelly would have to get it out of his system, and he would write a letter. When no letter was forthcoming, Kelly thought nothing would come of it. But one day, Mr. Van Schuyler, vice president of the line, arrived in his private coach, checking the Billings cattle yards. It was one of the line's main sources of revenue, and danged if he didn't ask Kelly to dinner at seven o'clock. And he was feasted on iced potato cream soup, squab with truffles and wines, French pastries similar to Ma's pie, except for more crust. Kelly didn't really expect anything to happen with his detective application, Van Schuyler notwithstanding. He was sure Schuyler thought of him as just a big, tall cowboy, staring sort of pop-eyed at the world. However, about two weeks later, Kelly was summoned to St. Paul with a letter containing a railroad pass, although not Pullman or chair car, just the day coach. As it turned out, Kelly arrived with five others just as green as himself, or worse. He was accepted for training, along with two of the other five. The training wasn't much. Mainly it had to do with the filling out of forms, and not to do this or that. He was issued a gun, a double-action Smith & Wesson 38, which was a good piece of equipment. He got a badge, a card in Isinglass certification, and was put to riding on day coaches. Not on the main line, but little spur lines. Kelly was also issued some heavy winter garments. The reason for this was soon plain. He was to ride outside on the tender, back behind the coal where the water was stored, to guard against robbers taken over the train. About the same time, 
Out of the blue, Kelly heard from Jack Forbes, asking him to drop in at the Helena office. He had an idea the attorney might get him on as a probation officer or something at the U.S. Marshal's office, with which Forbes was very close. Carlyle, still lawyer for the Northern Pacific, gave him a pass good for ninety days, and Kelly wasted no time getting to Helena, where he rode by omnibus up famed Last Chance Gulch, Helena's main street, and was let off in front of a stone building of impressive façade. He then went three stories up by hydraulic elevator to the law offices that occupied half the floor and simply reeked of importance. "'Kelly!' Jack Forbes cried in greeting. Kelly had come at a very good time. It seemed that Montana had a new U.S. Marshal who was absolutely desperate for deputies. Forbes took Kelly around and introduced him to O'Connell. "'This is the man I've been telling you about,' said Forbes.